Get Pucked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Get Pucked podcast. Dave Vito, Matt here with you. And the Stanley Cup finals have come to an end. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for taking down the juggernaut that was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and I guess uh, tip of the hat to Vito, who called it in six. Um, well done, sir. Actually, well done. I'll correct you. I called it in seven, but I still called it the win. Oh, did you call it in seven? Mm-hmm. He did call Nobody it in called seven. them in. Oh, so wait. I, so then did we got... tie? Or you no. were one ahead of me? I you was one point ahead. We both called the team in the wrong I game, win. so that makes you the one. Okay, okay. I win. Congratulations. We won't even acknowledge Dave's pick of Tampa because that was like, again, <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. Everybody knows. Everybody knew, but either uh, they weren't going to win. That being said, incredible uh, series. I think all in all the playoffs, we can all agree, were a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of good storylines throughout the entire uh, playoffs, be it the Battle of Alberta, which was fantastic, be it the fact that the Stanley Cup playoffs ended and Connor McDavid was one and Dreisaitl was two in terms of scoring and they hadn't played an entire series, which is just in- unbelievable uh, when you think about it. But all in all, Kale McCarr also adding more hardware to an absolutely killer year. Um, fantastic. Great times, all in all. Um, anything you guys want to say? Just quick, quick about the Stanley Cup playoffs? Something you want to say? It didn't take them long for them to dent the Stanley Cup. I mean, did you see that? Like, yeah, the moment it was yeah, a team photo. Did you guys see the picture that came out today? Uh, I forgot who it was, but they were holding the Stanley Cup in the air, and the entire bottom of it was completely smashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's but it was, uh, it, was, it was a fun series. Uh, that was actually a good one. I got to say, even though Tampa Bay, it's three years in a row they made the Stanley Cup Finals, even during that last game, you just you felt that they weren't completely out of it. These guys, they, they just don't quit. So I'll give that much to Tampa Bay. They just they don't quit. They're there. They, they're a strong team. They're, you know, there's a good chance for them to, to go far in the playoffs again next year and the year after that. It's just that's what it's going to be. They're going to be around for a little while longer. Cool. Yeah, no kidding. It was good playoffs. Uh, good, you know. Finally, we get the you know the two juggernauts in the Stanley Cup final. I think that's what people you know always. It's always seems to be a random team, whether it be the Dallas Stars or the Montreal Canadiens that managed to eke their way out into the Stanley Cup final. This time, it's, it was two juggernauts, and and kudos to both teams. It was an entertaining final. You kind of wonder what would have been if Braden Point had been there, you know. But same could be said on the other side That's as well. Playoff hockey. Do you, do you believe exactly. in the Corey Perry, Corey Perry curse? No, I, I don't mean, believe. You in have to that. now, don't you? Don't you? Man, look, had 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 they lost, had had Tampa won, would you believe in the Arturi Lekkinen curse? Because it would have been the same thing two two it's in a just, row. That two different. Yeah, teams. I mean, there's yeah. also Pat Maroon on the team. The guy he, won. Three, he's the antithesis to the Corey Perry though. This guy was like unbelievable. Unbelievable. Big rig. Yeah. <laughs> three. Yeah, three look, I mean, Corey Perry's great. I, I don't believe. I, I think he helped. If anything, he helped those teams. Of course. To the cup final, you know, pretty much dragging them. You can't blame it on him. I don't believe in curses and I don't believe in that stuff. But uh, I, I wish it for him, right? Because he's a guy who came into the league. He won the cup in the, sec- in the second season and then never again. You know, and that, that kind of sucks, man. For, for a guy who has a storied career like him and who right now the role he's playing I mean, he's just there to have fun. You could see it—the water bottle and uh, removing the water bottle from the top of the goalie's net and pushing it down. Like that's just classic Corey Perry stuff. And I just—I want to see him win one. Um, unfortunately, I mean, he, he signed again with Tampa this year, so it would be interesting to see what happens next year. But Tampa could definitely, really, definitely push for it again. So we'll see. With a little yeah. bit more rest, yeah, I could—I could see them. Let's hope. Let's again. hope for the sake of variety, they don't. 
I, I, I'm kind of I've grown a little bit tired of seeing them at the end of uh, at the end of the playoffs there. But again, like you guys both said, fantastic series, and uh, and again, congratulations to Colorado. Now, now that it's over, we're in official offseason mode, which is now a very fun time for especially Canadians fans. I feel uh, the draft is uh, only nine days away or something um, at this point of recording, which is uh, you know it's very close. And uh, and just just not long ago, Bob McKenzie comes out from wherever he's drinking his margaritas or doing what he does, and he's lobbing out incendiaries just from just safe little distance and just setting Twitter and social media on fire by uh, releasing his picks um, where he feels the, dra- the, 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 the upcoming draft uh, should be. And uh, against what I think most people were thinking, Shane Wright was, in fact, not number one. Uh, he is listed as second on McKenzie's list with Slikovsky as first. You should note, though, that he did say it's very tight. He asked five out of ten scouts. Five of those ten scouts set, put Slikovsky first. Four out of the ten put Wright first with one scout yeah, putting Cooley first. Yeah. But he said that if he were also ask another ten scouts, chances are those those ten scouts, five out of the ten, would pick right first, so that's how tight it is for the first overall pick. No, no doubt, no doubt. But it, but to quote Vin Diesel, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning, and at the top of that list is Slikowski right now. What a Being, if he just quote. if he just edged him out or not, it doesn't matter. It's in black and white. It's all over. That's his list. Slikowski is number one, and and rights too. Do Matt, you guys Dave and I are giving you this really, you, really well? You know what? Right Obviously, now. you guys are not connoisseurs of film, so I'll let it go past you. <laughs> I feel like our <laughs> listeners will appreciate that one. The fact of the matter is, Shane Wright from Bob McKenzie, who is who is the top banana of all of them out there, didn't put him. Didn't put Shane Wright as number one. How much do you think that this is going to affect anything? Will it affect anything, or is this just going to add to the next nine days of? Of the craziness on social media for it ultimately to be Shane Wright as the first overall pick. Dave, with all, with all due respect to Bob McKenzie, it will change absolutely nothing because the Canadians will answer to their own scouts and that's it. They don't care what four out of or five out of ten scouts, the random scouts that Bob McKenzie secretly has on the side say. I don't think so. I think they they answer to their own scouts. They have their own scouting department, and that's who they're going to go for. Um, I don't think it'll change anything. I think it is interesting. I mean. Um, given the source, Bob McKenzie, obviously he probably has very, you know, high level scouts there. Again, it's a crapshoot, right? I, I, I wonder how, uh, how much of this is say something cool. So I, Bob McKenzie can ask me next year again to come onto the, to that scouting list, right? Like uh, it bothers me, these things, it really bothers you. You guys know me draft rankings bother me because it, most of the time you don't see these players play. Now these are scouts that are saying this, but the same scouts, if you read the article, Bob McKenzie's article, he'll say like, oh, three scouts said that uh, it's very possible that uh, it's actually very likely that Shane Wright is not, or uh, Slavkowski are not the best player in the draft. But you're the scout. If you're saying that, why isn't that the guy who's going to be the number one at number one? It, it, it It's just posturing. It's just random names thrown out randomly. I, I don't like it. I, I just, to me, we've heard the name Shane Wright forever. For years, right? For like two or three years now, we've heard Shane Wright is going to be when he was 16 years old. Oh, it's going to be Shane Wright. He's going to be the top of the class. And there was a pandemic. It was a tough year. And then all of a sudden, uh, Slavkowski comes on and he has a good ju- world juniors. He has a good uh, showing at the Olympics. And people are ready to cast Shane Wright aside. I, I don't think that's what it is. I think you got to go 
with safe choice. I think you got to go with what, what you know. Obviously, this is all dependent on what their scouts have to say. But I don't think this Bob McKenzie putting out this list has any effect. On well, what, let me let me pivot sense. just fast, fast. Because Bob McKenzie put him at number one, does that change perceptions now that if the Canadians do go and pick Slikowski, suddenly people are going to feel maybe a little bit better about it? Probably, probably because people again they just follow what people say. Like it's well, yeah, we're not scouts; we don't know. If yeah. Bob McKenzie said ten out of ten scouts pick Shane Wright, and and the Canadians don't pick Shane Wright, obviously the public perception are gonna be, is gonna be like, what the heck is this? It's obviously that's all you have to go on is what these scouts are saying about these players because you don't go to the Shane Wright's games, so you don't know. So True. no matter what, you can fight to the death on the internet, on Reddit forum boards or on Twitter or anything like that. But until you've told me you've seen 50 Shane Wright play 50 times and the, the European players play 50 times and Cooley play 50 times, your word means nothing to me. I'm sorry. that It means nothing. Does it not mean something to you that Bob McKenzie has predicted the first overall every single one since 2009? I was going to bring that up too. Means yep. nothing to me, man. Bob McKenzie, because Bob McKenzie gets talks to his scouts. We we just happen to be uh, at a split draft. When's the last time there's been really a debate between one and two? Uh, Nico Hishier, uh the Nico Hishier draft. Right. Okay. But so it's been and one, not, and, one, and, and also in a, in a while. It's been a once. In a while. Well, well, let's not forget too. It wasn't that long ago, and I know now, in looking back on it, it's ridiculous. But Matthews and Line. There was so much talk about Matthews and Line. Because it was a Toronto pick. So every that's all people had to talk about for 16 years was how how, how was say, how well was I guess it's, yeah. It's a repeat. People have the hot take. You know, if, if you give people long enough, you're gonna get a hot take out of them. If you give if, if someone has to speak on a microphone for four hours a day for six months about the same topic, one of these days you're gonna get a hot take or two from a from a credible source. Uh, I don't think it means anything to me. Uh, it doesn't mean, and I'm not saying that Shane Wright's going to go first overall or anything. I'm just saying it doesn't really mean anything that he's predicted it or anything because it, it depends on the team and it depends on what the team is going to seize in that player. So realistically, whoever they take, right? You're one of those guys that sits back and says, it could be anybody at this point. You're not going to look and slap your hand on your eyes and be like, oh my God, what did they do? Like you trust in them because you're admitting you don't know as much as they well, do. You have no they must be doing it for a reason. Well, hold on. So the, the trust factor, like I want to trust in them, right? But again, yes. and especially because Ken Hughes, you don't know how he drafts. This is his first, his first draft. draft. Yep. So you, you can't really judge him. But I mean, if a team constantly flop, flops on their draft picks, obviously, eventually you're going to start doubting them. But right now, nobody's given me any reason to doubt the Montreal Canadiens scouting department. No one has given me any reason to doubt anything. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to to go and, and rely on who they're going to pick and see how it plays out. We're not draft experts. We're not prospect experts. We're not any of that. And it's fun to debate it and, and whatnot, but it, that's what it should be. It should stop at there. And that's what happens with Kat Kinyemi. In my opinion, Kat Kinyemi was an idea. Oh, man, the Habs need a center. He could be a reach at number three for a center because, he, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's more mature than the other players and whatnot. And then the fans, got people who have never seen him play, got the ball rolling. And it's snowball, 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 snowball. And then the Canadians selected Kat Kinyemi at number three. That's what happened. That's a danger of, of, of following public opinion. So for now, they, they have my trust, and we'll see how they do uh, with the next coming drafts. And then maybe ask me in three years, and we'll see if I have a different opinion. So, all right, Dave, taking the very logical and a little bit more safe approach when it comes to examining the future 
and prospects and drafts. It's it's, it's your approach and it makes perfect sense. But there are a lot of people out there that get very invested into this kind of thing. I mean, from from the memes of the what lady with the Cook and Yemi pick, and you can go back in the discussions with all the people out there, with all the guys that they took. Um, granted, this was another regime. And again, I think it's fair. And you make an but, excellent point about the fact that this is Kent Hughes' first show. Gordon is there too. It's not his first rodeo. To be fair. No, true. To be fair. His track record has proven to be, I, I think, good. Maybe not great, but good. Um but but certainly, I mean, Vito, you, you look like a man. For those that can't see him, he looks like a man that is about to blow us away with what he's about to say. I don't know about blowing you guys away, <laughs> but I don't know. You got this look about you, like you're waiting. Well, you got okay, words listen. behind your lips. Go. If if me. if Montreal were to somehow, some way, acquire a center, a young youngish center, then I could see them going for Slavkovsky. I could see them going that route, and that way it kind of could speed up the, the rebuild, retool, whatever term you want to use at that point. But if they're not going to acquire a center uh, that's young enough to still play, be an impact center, and can be there for the next few years, then the logical pick for Montreal, whether it's Bob McKenzie's list or, or anybody else's list, is to go with the Shane Wright route. For the longest time, Montreal has lacked center depth. So, I mean, and Dave nailed it when he said at the 16 when he was 16 years old Shane Wright you know exceptional status was putting up over two points a game he had all those things the pandemic hit that messed up with the development and all of that so now you have an opportunity whether he's a number one center in the future or not you have that opportunity to at the very least address a need and have whether it's now th- this coming season or in the future a, a Suzuki Wright etc as your your you know your 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 center lineup Sure. for the foreseeable yes. future so yeah. i in my opinion right now is i would still montreal is likely going to draft some will say you don't draft based on need you dra- draft on best player available but this draft doesn't have a connor bedard it doesn't have a mcdavid it doesn't have somebody that's a slam dunk that you say that these people this player slot as number one there's nobody that's going to dethrone them they're a generational talent they have there are good I'm so tired of good hearing players that, but there are but unfortunately that's the draft that montreal is drafting first overall in but like this why kind does of it have to be there's going to be generational talent because the, 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 point that, the point that I'm getting at is that there's nobody out there that's right away that's complete, you know, separates themselves as being the number one and there's just everybody else. There's a lot of talent in this draft in terms of players that could come in and be top six players, people that could be an impact player regardless of the position. But there's nobody that's going to come out that you're, they're coming out of this draft, supposedly, that can literally be that face of the team. Nobody. So Montreal has a need. They're going to be probably picking for the longest time. It was the best player available up until the last maybe couple of weeks or the last international tournament. And it, it was going to be Shane Wright, in my opinion. And uh, unless they go and trade for a center in the, I don't, I hate to throw out names because then I'm, you know, I don't want people to think that that's what they're going to go for. But Pierre-Luc if, Dubois. if they were to acquire somebody like Pierre-Luc Dubois as I a second line names. center, or there as even go. a first-line center, then at least you can say, okay, we got two centermen that are top six. Let's go and address another need by drafting Slavkovsky. But I honestly don't think that Montreal is going to draft Slavkovsky. They're going to go to the Shane Wright route unless unless they acquire a center or somehow they acquired a second overall, which is not going to happen. Guys, for people no. who are talking about that, there's no That's way Montreal is acquiring the second overall without including either Suzuki or Cole Caulfield. 
in their trade package. I think we're all pretty much assured that if it is happens to be Slikowski is the one that they take, it's going to be very, very soon thereafter that they're going to announce the trade, which I imagine is going to be a significant package, and they're going to bring in a centerman. Because how how could you? Why, why? But why? Where is the justification? I mean, if they're if they're fifty fifty, let's say they're fifty fifty. But maybe they're not 50-50. Like, if they draft Slavkowski, it's because they think he's the better player. It doesn't mean, oh, man, we need to set him out. Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If it's a coin. No, okay. They must, obviously, whoever they're going to take, they're going to feel it's the right pick. It's the better pick. I don't disagree. But let's say, for the sake of argument, that they are so neck and neck, these two. Let's just say it is down to a coin flip. That either one will give you the same thing. But if they take the winger... You got to assume, seeing their 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 center depth, that they're going to need to do something to bring someone in. They're not built to compete this year, so why do they have to go? Right I was going to say that I, I don't. Like, I don't agree. Just because they draft a winger doesn't mean they're going to have to go out and get a center right now at the draft a few days later. Maybe not, not right much. now, but you could bet they're going to use their remaining draft picks and currency and, and position for the remainder of their draft, which is the first pick of every round, to potentially use that and leverage it to get something today. Yeah, but, but Matt, it's Montreal possible. and Kent Hughes... I mean, it's possible, but it's not... You guys are talking as if it's a lock. Like, oh, you guys I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm just saying if he no. picks if he picks Slavkowski, Slavkowski, then there is... I would say there's a better than not chance that you're going to see some action to, to bring in a, to a centerman. Well, listen, Montreal, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, for the first time in probably my lifetime... Uh, they've got the luxury of time, and, and they could take their time to do this rebuild properly. If they go and draft Slavkovsky, it doesn't necessarily mean they got to go trade for a, a second-line center or, or, or get other pieces right away. They've got the next few years. Everybody's pretty much committed that for the next few years, Montreal is going to be Who's everybody? Fans? The majority of fans and the majority fans. of the media. Do you Everybody's... think the fans matter? Yes, to a certain degree they do. I, and I agree, but do you know what? To a certain degree, that they do matter. Fans right now are big hearts open and first overall pick, and you got our good graces. I promise you, if it's another shit next year that doesn't net you the bedard, you're gonna see fans start to turn again. And this rebuild and cycle of 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 waiting, the fans want wins. Teams are out there; they're designed to put the best team on the ice to there's win. No Matt, team is saying sit Matt, back and wait, let is, it build for five years. There's a new GM. It's not there's a new five regime. years, man, but. It, who knows? It, it depends. We're all talking about this, but there's one key factor, and that depends on Carey Price. That's the only factor that's going to get the Canadians very the important next level. Soon. That's true. That's true. The, that's that's the truth. So if Carey Price can play, then we're talking about a shorter rebuild. If Carey Price is done, forget it, man. Like you're you're gonna you're it's gonna take a few years to to, to bounce back for sure. And I think fans would be this fan base would be a little patient, especially you know they got the first overall pick th this year. You know, they they understand the whole Carey Price situation. They're a very knowledgeable fan base here in Montreal, and I think that they will give a little bit of leeway there. You're right. It won't be five years. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, Montrealers are anything but patient. But uh, at the end of the day, I think there's room here. Vito's right. There is a little bit of wiggle room here to wait and be patient and build the team properly, and that's picking the, same, the best player available. I still think it's Shane Wright, but if the Habs don't think it's Shane Wright and they want to draft the winger, that's on them. That doesn't mean they have to go replace. Kane Wright is not going to be a second line center next year. No, zero. No chance. Zero chance. He's not. He's going to be a third line center at best. Well, he's going to be a third line center. That's what he's going to be. So 
there's no point in going. To, there's nothing to replace because if they don't pick him, because he's not going to be in that role anyways. I, I don't disagree. I just I look at it from an organizational standpoint, and it is a business as much as it is anything. And in order in a business to be profitable, you want to ice the best product you can. And in this business, uh, wins are important. It makes the fans happy. It makes people spend. It makes people come out to your games. Entertainment so- makes the fans happy right now because everybody's pretty much on board that knowing that Montreal has been mediocre for the longest time, relying on somebody like Carey Price. And I, now I don't- they are accepting of the fact that Maybe it's not going to be five years, like you said, but for the next. Did you go door years, to door and ask every fan? How do you know that with certainty? You know, from always, a general there's sense, gonna be, there's always going to be a portion of the fan base that are going to be like, "Oh, they're they're full of shit. They got to win tomorrow." But there's the, the majority now. If you go check, read up on social media, read up anywhere, or even talking, you know, uh, if you go to a cafe or just talking with random people, they're all aware that Montreal is not a top ten team. You look at the teams ahead of them that have been fighting in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you look at them. If you're not a realistic fan. You're going to look at yourself and say, can Montreal compete with the Tampa Bay's, the, the, the Colorado's of the world? And the answer is no, they can't. They but cannot. no one's they suggesting, no one's suggesting that. that they're a great team right now or that they're going to compete for the cup. But what I do think, you, you're right, I think the majority, and this, again, I don't have everybody's consensus sent to me and I'm going through answers, but like you're right, from the, from the outside perspective of looking at a general sense, from a macro overview of the social media, it would seem like most people are in a good place with the team. They know it's going through a bit of a rebuild and they're prepared to give a little bit of a leniency, a little bit of patience. But I promise you that patience will wear very, very thin if next year the team gets iced and they are bad. Not entertaining, bad. Marte St. Louis was there. They started to play good again. It was entertaining, but they were losing. But then they they started to look bad again and lose. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, wow, maybe Martin St. Louis thing is over. Maybe they're just a bad team again. People are always going to bounce back and forth with emotions and whatnot because that's just how they are. They're going to talk about it. They want to tweet about it. They want to do all that stuff with whatever they're seeing in that moment. But at the end of the day, you're not going to have anybody. If anybody's mad, if anybody's looking at the next coming, the year that's coming and Montreal is losing, they're going to be okay because there's a lot of pro tankers that are out there right now that want a top three pick next year. But the organization isn't. And that's back to my point that they won't purposely ice a bad team. If they can make a move to net and land, for example, a Pierre-Luc Dubois that's got two more years left and then they look to re-sign him and he's going to be the, the one too. They might move big picks and big players to make that happen. I can see that happening because the I, team... I could, I, I could see it happening for sure. 100%. I just don't see it as a guarantee, which is what my beef is with what you guys were saying was that it seemed to be like, oh yeah, it's uh, common sense. If they don't pick right, they're going to go get Dubois. Oh, I, hey, I never sense, said that. Yeah. I never said yeah. that. Don't, don't put me in that boat. That's that's Matt's boat. He's by himself I, on that boat. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. I put it, the odd more favorable that it happens than if it doesn't, if they happen to take the winger at first. If it takes Shane Wright, who I think, by the way, they will take. Let me just say that much in case if anybody was confused. Um, I think the, the plan is to continue as is. I don't, maybe I don't think any picks are moved and they just draft high. They draft good and they, they do some stuff maybe in free agency just to get some veteran presence. I would say and just, they do it. just be cautioned to the idea of all of a sudden Montreal is going to do a bunch of moves and, and you know, uh, they might not do that. They might actually just make their picks, Absolutely. a couple of moves here and there, a Petrie and whatever, and it just kind of stops there in a sense. Will there be moves? Yeah, but to think that everybody's going to fucking turn this into the into NHL 22 and overhaul the entire team in a draft, it's not going to happen. 
Says, well, says the guy who, uh, what did you send us the other day as a picture of, uh, so, what forums were you visiting in trade armchairs? Oh, the, yeah. the, well, the, the armchair right the, in the interactive armchair on Cat Friendly. How did you get huh? there? I went to look up what the stupidity <laughs> people were coming up with. It's fine. I think I think we can all agree though that obviously there's got to be some movement off the team simply from cap implications. That starting now you got to start refreshing Twitter. I think it's pretty evident that you got to get on there and you refresh every couple minutes because it could be at any point you're going to hear that somebody was moved for for a pick or something or whatever. It's it's got to be. You got to send that, people if, out. If let's say New Jersey really wants Slavkowski though, they really want him. Let's say they they really want him and now. Bob McKenzie's draft rankings actually do come out and influence things. I don't know. Who knows how New Jersey is going to feel about this? I'm just saying it's a little bit more of a negotiation strength. Not uh, even close. I think they're laughing. If you approach them for anything, if they're sitting back saying we get Shane Wright as a consolation prize, yeah, they're going to laugh. Laugh. Straight up. I really, I really think – I mean, it's fun. It is fun. I like that Bob McKenzie's thing came out and that it went against the grain because we've been hearing a lot, only from a couple of select people have they been championing other than Shane Wright for a while now. And it's interesting to see uh, the Bob father come out and actually throw not Shane Wright as number one. I, I And yes, again, I come back, I digress. Yes, it's so close. It could be 50-50, ask another 10, whatever. The fact remains he puts Lukoski as number one and it's out there. And I think that that's fantastic. It makes for you know a lot of fun debate. About? I'm happy that we're we're here talking about this stuff today. David, it's good to have you back, man. Uh, good to be here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Where Gee, that thanks. comes from, I don't know. But yes, we are happy that <laughs> we are back. There you All go. Right. A little bit a little bit of love here on, on the Get Puck podcast. Um, so draft aside, or or rather the the one two aside, we also we also realize, of course, that there are a whole slew of talent out there that are not going to be on their end of season teams right the capital cap implications across the board uh ufas all kinds of fun stuff that's out there have you guys been uh keeping your ears out for any names that you hear that are sort of become available that you would say hey you know what that'd be a great player to bring in now you know they're not the oh my god impact player but they would be a good addition to the team to maybe i don't know help the youth or plug a hole for the time being is there anything that you would like maybe wishful thinking wise as a player that you could say, Hey, perhaps you go pick up this guy. My wishful thinking is the opposite is do not go get random plugs that you could fit in here just because, you know, the Chris oh, Latang rumors scared, scared Chris Latang to the Canadian. Terrible. It would be terrible. The guy would take, eat up more cap probably than, than you want. It's just, it doesn't fit, man. I get it. He's from Quebec and, and you know, his agent, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't fit. It, it's not a good fit. I, I don't want them to see them lock in these old older players or veteran players or even media, mediocre players to fill roster spots on a long-term deal or on even mid to long-term deals. I, I don't think so, man. I think you got to – Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon's most important job is going to be to ignore the fan base. And, and I, I, it sucks to say it, but I think that they're going to have to just ride with the rough times. And you're going to hope you're going to ice the – like going back to what you said, I think you're going to ice the most competitive roster you can without making a stupid decision. And you go do that and you hope that Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and, and all these guys, Romanov, all these guys, they age up and they're able to, to, to surprise a little bit and maybe you make a run for that final playoff spot. But I don't think that you go out there and you go hunting and shopping. Like that thing about shopping for free agency and stuff like that, 
again, I'll, I'll do this with one caveat, and that's Carey Price. Again, it, it just all depends. And <laughs> I feel like we can't record a podcast or talk about it or anything without knowing what the hell's going on with Carey Price because it changes absolutely everything. It's just this, like, dagger that's holding up, and they need to know, and I, I hope they know now because the draft is in a week, guys. Like, they need to know what's going on with Carey Price in order to, to shape their strategy. I have a feeling they do. I have a feeling that, that it's settled. But, um, I mean, we need to know. And, before, and what's before your inclination? Or do you, you not have one? What to do? Sorry? What's your inclination? If you feel like they do know and it is settled internally, do you feel like he is going to be back and ready? Or, or you're more leaning towards you think he's he's going to be on the bench? I think he's going to be on the bench. I don't think, well, on the bench, I don't, I don't think he's going to be playing 50 well, games. Well, I mean, yeah, I and mean, not playing. Yeah. To me, I, I circle 50 games as if you want if you wanted the Canadians to push for a playoff spot, you need Carey Price to play 50 games. My inclination is not going to get there. Um, no, I don't think so. All right. For me, I wouldn't really sign any of the UFAs that are out there, at least none of the big name ones. Um, we've already we're, we're working on getting rid of cap. I don't want to add cap. You know what I mean? I want I want the youth movement to kick in. You can add some veteran pieces a little in a couple of years from now when you feel that your team is pretty much, you know, it's got all its core pieces uh, there. But I wouldn't add the I, I even on the you know Dave brings up a good point when it comes to Kerry Price. I would already start working on a on a plan in case um, you know case Carey Price can't play this season or even for next year to year after. You know, the name that came up during the trade deadline, we heard names like Samsonov and and uh, George Evs and, and them. And, and you know what, go and acquire somebody like that. And, and you know, if it means that you have to uh, have him and uh, that, that player and Allen uh, going forward in case Carey Price can't play, but you got to put somebody else in your system that's ready to go. Yes, Caden Primo had a fantastic uh, Calder Cup run, but I'm still not 100% yeah. sold on him. Um, so just in case he is more of the goalie we saw playing a few NHL games and was an inconsistent goalie at that point, um, rather than the goalie we saw at the color, I'd rather have another goalie in the system that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, an elite level goalie that like Carey Price or Vasilevsky or any of those types of guys are, but you can eventually slot them in as a number one of some kind. Um, that's, that's what I would do. That's, that's the type of acquisition I would be happy that Montreal would go without saying, uh, you know, what Jeff Petrie could fetch or what Josh Anderson, if he were to get traded, which I hope he doesn't, but, you know, would fetch and all that stuff. Um, but yeah. you guys both don't think that there's going to be new additions to the team from the market? I think there's going to be new additions. But not, okay. via, okay. not via UFA. Not You're not going to look at Kadri. There's not going to be Latang. Uh, and if Latang were to even come here, Unless he's willing to come here on a two-year deal at like six million dollars or less, it just it wouldn't be worth bringing him in. Okay, but but again, and and just to make sure that I I understand here, so the new additions are going to come through the trading, not through picking up free that's, agents. Yeah, that's that's what I I would think. So if they do no, add I, any U, if they add any UFA players, it's more guys that would, you can help plug well, in that's, on that's sort of what i was what i was saying right like six like, maybe but that's it guys. because otherwise you have to bring up prospects and they got to fill the holes there will be holes you need bodies you might not necessarily get bodies back from trades that necessarily fit those spots so you'll have to go out there and get somebody it, it's inevitable you know For i mean sure. I, I think they're going to take a look and they're going to look at what what roster spots need plugging and they're going to go they're for sure going to go you know every team signs free agents it just depends on what's who they're going to think is a good fit at the end of the day, you know, if you were to ask me, are they going to go, going to be in on Philip Forsberg and, and all those guys? Like, no, obviously, I don't think so. 
But that's uh, unless it's Johnny Gaudreau, I'm a big proponent for Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> I think that would be an exceptions to every rule. All right. Okay. But other than that, I don't think that they are. And then, okay, then you go down the list and you see who's available and like guys like Colin Miller and stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could go for that. And I'm sure they'll fill, fill in with some, some players here or there. But nothing really steps out, stands out to me as like, oh, you know, this is interesting. This is a piece that you want. You know, Getty Malkin for years rumored to, to the Canadian. Like, True. Forget that, man. Like, they're not in this in this spot. Why would you ever want to come play here first off with where they are now? Like, it's just not going to happen. I think that you just go and you 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 lay low, you, you collect quality free agents, and, and you move on. All right, so let me add... Ideally, let me end... free agents that you sign the one-year contracts and you can flip at the trade deadline. Well, ideally, they got to clear cap space happen. before they could do any of this. Well, to begin. Course, they they only got one point nine million dollars in cap Agreed. space right now, and assuming Carey Price is playing. So, so along that vein, then I want to end on this. I'm going to just throw names out, and, and we're going to come back to this episode, and this will be a new little game that we play, and we'll see how many get right versus how many gets wrong. I throw out a name. All you tell me is by the start of the season, are they here or are they gone? That's it. It yeah. could be involved in trades. It could be what buyout. It, it could be any, just, any reason. It doesn't matter. Are oh, they here or are they gone? Drewing. Gone. Here. Byron. Ooh. Here. By gone. the start of the season, you said. By the start of the season. Here. Oh, by the start of the season. Gone. By, which means they're on the opening <laughs> night roster. Gone. Here. Gone. Anderson. Here. Here. Edmondson. Here. Here. I'm just okay. Whoa, both you guys, easy there. Oh, because that one, that There's one. There's been rumors. That's all yeah, I'm because saying. Because what Marco came out with. Oh, stop it. Listen, that's here. all I'm saying. Edmondson's here. We're gonna have a bunch of kids and David Savard as our back end. Well, probably. Last one, Armia. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You can't get rid of everybody. You know what? Here. <laughs> You're like, God, God, God. Well, that's right, because, here? listen, they're going to try to... I think they're going to have an easier time because of the contract. No, not even. Who's harder to deal with? Armia or By Byron? They're both 3.4 million. All I'm asking is, do you think they're here or they're not? Those are both guys you, you can move at the deadline more than before the season starts. I think. You know, even okay. Drew, there's, uh, there's a strong chance he'd be moved at the deadline. But I will say this. If they can't bring in another Francophone player... It's not going to happen. Dwayne is here, I think, to stay. And even like, like this is the thing: if Dwayne has, has a great season, uh, do you really want to move him at the deadline? He's a guy who's is finally performing under Marty St. Louis for the first time. Could you be. know what I mean? Yeah. You really want to move him? He's a, he's a local boy. And then if he's not performing, who the hell's going to? Oh, he's a UFA. He's a UFA at the end of the season, right? If he yeah, has a good he, season, he, what's he going to do? Ca cash in at seven million at that point. Well, no, but if he, has, if he has the mediocre season, you if you can't find any buyers for him, all of a sudden he downgrades his salary. You give him a bridge contract and lower him down or something. He won't downgrade. Some other team will give Oh, you think somebody still, else is going to give Joy $5.5 million? If he doesn't get hurt, he's still around the 50 points. He's prone player. to getting no, hurt. Not, he, another team won't necessarily give him that, but he might take a, a, that bridge small contract with another team because uh, he doesn't want to play in this market anymore. Ah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's to be point. discussed at another time, gentlemen. That will, in fact, conclude this episode of Get Pucked. Thank you so much for everybody, again, for listening, following along, interacting with us on social media. All of you have been fantastic. We really do appreciate it. If you can, if it's not too much trouble, like, subscribe, share with friends. You know the drill by now. Um, and uh, we really look forward. We're going to hopefully have something soon uh, coming after the draft, kind of doing a little bit of a postmortem on that. 
might have somebody join us. Don't know yet. Stay tuned. Keep an eye on the social media. You'll see if there is. Uh, in the meantime, though, for Vito and Dave, I'm Matt, and this was Get Pucked.